Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Well, judging by the clock on my Xfinity mobile phone, a Pixel 4 Why do you give why a 5G. so much promo, man? I, so much promo. I hope somebody's going to pay us. It's noon on Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. And this is news that you can use from YAA. Uh, it's your dear friends, Zach and Ray. And I believe um, I have no idea what we're doing today, which is far for the course, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Sam is here. Thanks for being here, Sam Sam. Yesterday, Pops, was a fun show. Today is going to be even better. We're going to be talking about a few things. We've got on the docket today our dear friends over at Rivian, our dear yes. friends over at Rivian. We're going to talk about them and their stock price here in just a moment. Patience pays off. We have an update from Robert, who was the gentleman who was trying to sell his leased vehicle and had $3,000 in fees associated with it. Got an update on his story. We I think also he was have to buy it, wasn't he? He wasn't trying to sell it. Yeah, he was trying to buy his, sorry, excuse me. He was trying to buy yeah. his, his previously leased vehicle. Yes. Uh, got an update there. New vehicle transaction prices have hit new record highs. We'll talk about that. And quite frankly, Pops, what I'm thinking is the bubble, the bubble that we are inevitably in. We got to discuss that because auto credit availability is also yeah. reaching some all-time highs. That makes me very concerned. Well, I don't, I don't know why that would scare you. Just because they're going to make credit easier for everybody to get, even those that shouldn't be getting it. There you have it. Igor's here with us. Shane's here. Vincent's here, and Frank is here as well. Jordan, yes, bubble time indeed. Let's start though, pops. Let's kick things off here with the Rivian news. This is insane. This is just 15 minutes ago from our friends at Automotive News. Rivian IPO stokes up new round of EV mania on Wall Street. Shares in Rivian have doubled in a week, and the EV company is now worth more than Volkswagen. Wow. Why didn't we buy any Rivian stock? Dad, why don't we ever take, like, damn it, man. How are they worth more than Volkswagen? They're worth more um, than Ford, GM, and Volkswagen. This is truly insane. Because as somebody tried to explain to me, okay, um, they represent the future, and those legacy manufacturers represent the past. And so investors are betting on Rivian's future more so than they are on Ford, General Motors, Stellantis, Mercedes, BMW, all the legacy brands. So that's the reason, from my understanding, and God knows I don't get it, but from my understanding, um, you know, the future looks bright for electric vehicles, and, um, you know, investors tend to agree. We'll find out in 10 or 20 years from now. Rivian is more valuable than uh, Volkswagen, like we just said. Yes. Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Unilever, Boeing, Unilever. Starbucks, Unilever. Target, CVS, uh, HSBC, General Electric, John Deere, Caterpillar. Like, it's just Daimler, IBM, SoftBank. 3M. I mean, I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's uh, it's truly 
ridiculous what's happening there. And honestly, a bit indicative of this kind of like bubble environment that we're that we're in. Look, you keep telling me that the stock market is future looking, that they don't look back, and that apparently the future is all electric. Apparently, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, maybe I come from a slightly different generation that says, "Well, prove it to me first. Um, but in today's world, there is enough money out there that people are are willing to invest based on, I think this should work, as opposed to prove to me that it will work. And the fact that, you know, there's there's Amazon's involved, which is one of the largest tech companies yeah. in the world, and they've committed to purchase 100,000 of these Rivian delivery trucks. Then, you know, there, there's, you know, what, what, what are they paying for them? Even if they get them wholesale, they're paying a lot of money for them. Um, you know, UPS at some point will probably be buying these. I mean, so yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. So apparently, uh, damn it, we should have gotten in on the IPO. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Yeah, Steve's yeah. here with us from Facebook. We appreciate that as well. Pops, we've got some really honestly interesting news and also concerning data, if you ask me, around the affordability of vehicles. And that's where I'd like to head next. Okay. Cox Automotive, they put this out just yesterday. New vehicle affordability declines to another new low in October. So Cox, every month or so, puts out this update for how long weeks of income needed to purchase a new vehicle. Pops, you see the chart on the screen. What's happening? Uh, well, um, uh, the average individual has to work 42.4 weeks to be able to afford um, a vehicle at the average transaction prices today. And the average transaction price in October for new vehicles uh, surpassed the $46,000 barrier. Now, you know, we keep talking about attainability and affordability. And if I'm not mistaken, there was an article in uh, Automotive News recently about, well, the $20,000 and below MSRP cars are certainly going to be farther and fewer between. And uh, they're that extinct. Market, yeah, it, pretty much. Yes, they, they've gone the way of the, uh, the Trianosaurus Rex. Um, in in that they will become extinct and and you know a hundred years from now people will find fossils and go oh my god that looks like it might have been a Chevy Spark. <laughs> so this is truly remarkable. New car prices used to I mean we we can pull the chart back up but they used to uh, uh, take about thirty two to thirty four weeks worth of earnings to purchase. Yes, and we're at forty two point four. That's what this chart is showing us here. That's that's uncharted territory. As far as Cox can go back, we've never seen that before. And for the new vehicle transaction price, the average transaction price, let me pull this back up on the screen so everyone can see this. I mean, we talk and we joke sometimes about my dad and I, we don't have a college education, and we joke about slope. Okay, well, the slope of this line, Yes. you don't need to have a college education to see that it's big. <laughs> like uh, The, yeah, the increases are remarkable. It's truly yeah, remarkable. That, that that is the Mount Everest of new car average transaction pricing, and uh, at a certain point, you're going to need a Sherpa to uh, help <laughs> you reach the summit. Apparently, in the future. 
There were a few other things that were fascinating in this report from Cox on average new car selling prices. Let's read it out here. The average new vehicle is now selling well above the manufacturer's suggested retail price. That should be no surprise to anyone who's been following the channel for a while. With the average transaction price clocking in at 2% over MSRP in October. In other words, buyers were paying an average of $800 over sticker price last month in October 2019, excuse me, so pre-COVID. Transaction prices were roughly 2300 below MSRP, and we can see the amount of incentives as yes. a percentage of the average transaction price, which typically would be around 10%, are now at 4.3%. And it's worth mentioning, Pops, we have it actually back on the website. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Uh, resource. Yeah, it's, it's literally right here. These new cars that you're paying 2% over MSRP aren't even coming with all the features. GM removing their heated and ventilated seats, BMWs without touchscreens, Porsche with manual seat controls. Like we're paying more and we're and getting, getting less. And we're getting less, yes. And 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 more and more people have accepted the fact that they're going to pay MSRP or more in order to get a vehicle. When just two years ago, uh, you know, the the average was you were paying twenty three hundred dollars less than MSRP. Um, the only thing that has changed is that there is less vehicles available uh, because of the supply chain issues and mostly the mic- microchip shortages. Um, it has caused a situation where inventory levels are at their lowest in years and demand, um, even though it's it's probably not as strong as it could be, it is still strong enough to outstrip supply. And whenever that happens, you go ahead. I was going to say, and why is demand still there? And this is what gets me concerned, because access to credit, yes. access to, to financing, like what the heck is going on there? And that's what I'd like to, to transition to is like, People realize that they shouldn't be paying over MSRP for things. People realize they shouldn't be paying for a used vehicle more than its original MSRP was. But when you can get someone to finance it for you and the interest rate's super low, it's like, eh, eh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, but 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 what's happening, even, even with cheap interest rates, they keep extending the terms. Um, and, and what I mean by that is more and more lending institutions are offering 84-month financing. I am certain that 96-month financing, which would be eight years, ladies and gentlemen, is not that far behind. When I started in the business in 1977, the, the longest term at that time for most people was 24 months. 24 months, two years, you would have your car paid off. And you know what? The car would last two years, maybe even three or four. Okay. Today, today, probably the average um, uh, term for a loan is approaching 72 months. That's six years. And, and as Igor says, 96 months is already here. So, I, I mean, yeah, cars are better than they've ever been, but are 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 they going to last as long as it's going to take you to pay them off? Are they going to last eight years? And if they're at 96 months now, then nine-year loans 
at 108 months and 10-year loans at 120 months can't be all that far behind. It is just absolutely crazy um, what banks are willing to do in order to keep it so that payments can remain somewhat affordable. I I hear here to that. Let's hit on two things before we dive into the credit spectrum and what's happening there. Also back on this Cox Automotive report, they had the price change for new vehicles broken down by manufacturer. And you can see the year over year here, GM, Mitsubishi prices, Honda prices, Mercedes-Benz, Stellantis prices, Toyota prices, all up 15% or more year over year. And even just month over month pops, Stellantis products are up nearly 6%. Wow. This is This is truly unfathomable what's happening. Let's transition, like you were saying, over to the credit side of things. Again, this is from, from Cox. They put out the uh, auto loan access uh, index, essentially, and you can see what's going on here. We're back over the 100 threshold, which is traditionally where we've been in the midst of COVID and, and during the pandemic. The uh, access to available credit went down considerably, but we're back to the highest levels we've been at all in 2021. And access, it says over here, the all loans index increased 1.6% to 100.5, reflecting that auto credit was easier to get in the month compared to September. Access was looser by 6.8% year over year, and access was looser by 1.3% compared to February of 2020, looser being less requirements to get the credit. And, and those numbers will only continue to go up, um, even if it's because the manufacturers are begging the lending institutions to, to make credit easier for people so that they, they can continue to buy these, uh, these vehicles at inflated prices. It, it is, we are, we are approaching the territory where um, uh, the average person will become an indentured servant to uh, the banks and the automobile manufacturers. Um, they will work simply to be able to pay for their cars and trucks, um, as opposed to being able to take some of their earnings and use it for other things, because the cost of cars and trucks is astronomical as a percentage of someone's income. It, it entirely is. We've got Igor here in the chat saying balloon financing is back, already being offered as well. Here we go. More credit upside down situations where people are going to end up to suffer. Pops, can you speak to, I mean, you worked in the dealership during the Great Recession, 07, 08, 09. Uh, yes. Talk about that experience. Talk about some of the things that you saw there. And what parallels do you see with what we're experiencing right now? Well, it was different in the Great Recession because sales dropped um, because um, you know, people were upside down. Um, uh, people were losing jobs today. People are quitting jobs because they just they just don't like the people they're working for or the conditions in which they're working. In in the yes, we're hiring. So if yes. you want to work with us, yeah. We're and hiring. and in the Great Recession, people were losing jobs uh, not because they wanted to lose jobs. Um, so that was a completely different time. I mean, I saw at the Acura store when I was running that, that uh, when I left, uh, our sales were off 50%. 
um, within three or four months after I left at a store where we averaged 100 new car sales a month, um, they were down to in the 15 to 20 new car sales a month range. So business was off 80 to 85 percent. Um, today, um, you, you can't hit the big sales numbers, but every car you have is either spoken for or pre-sold or will be sold within, uh, two to three weeks if it sits that long. And, 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 you know, credit was too easy during the great recession. Credit is still too easy today. Um, and terms are just getting longer and longer. I'm, I'm telling you, the people are just going to work to to pay off their credit, not for any any other good reason in life. Uh, I hear you loud and clear, Pops. We've got David in the chat saying, I work as a developer if you guys need some help. And David, I just put in the chat our link to our careers page. <laughs> yeah, come join us. We need help. Um, yeah, and I think one of the things that I find fascinating, we were in Arizona at the time. You we were working at Acura North Scottsdale. And I remember, and especially as I've read about what happened in 08, it was access to, to, to credit that really led to the downfall. I mean, people would be uh, refinancing their homes and taking cash out and then putting that towards things. And well, they could do it because the home was worth more, but was it really worth more? And I see some parallels with where we are right now. And it makes me concerned because we don't really know what the outcome of all this supply shortage is going to be. I mean, we still have skyrocketing used car prices. We have manufacturers and automakers who are saying this is technically going to be the new normal. We're going to give you less supply. The, the, the systems that we have in place worked really well, put well in quotes, worked well and were profitable and sustainable for that process to work with that amount of supply with those like, you know, the inputs going in, the outputs coming out. There's been so many changes to this system, I wonder what type of long-term effects it's going to have on, on the market and on consumers. Well, it, it I, I think that'll all depend on the size of the next recession. Um, and and honestly, I, I don't think that we can be all that far away from a recession um, because inflation is rearing its ugly head. People's dollars don't go as far as they used to. Um, Income levels have have not kept up with inflation. Um, things are just going to get out of control, and then when there's panic, which is, you know, psychologically speaking, that's what happens to the masses. They panic and they pull back all at the same time, and it becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, and that's when, uh, you know, as they said in the movie Airplane, the poop hits the fan. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's, um, and, and we've got, uh, Igor saying inflation is almost at 7%. Now, if you've been following the channel, we all know it's way higher than that. Yeah. There's no way. And, and this is actually a perfect segue. Let's talk a little bit. I know we didn't cue this up pops, but it's something where we're super familiar with, um, our friends over at black book. They just published, this is literally like 20 minutes ago, the market insights for this most recent week. Let's talk about used car prices up another half of a point across the board here. So it's the same story going on there. The thing here, no sales increased at the auctions this past week due to sellers raising floors and buyers exercising caution around lower condition units. We're finally starting to see some pushback at the auctions, like less cars being sold because people are saying, hey, I want too much, but hey, you're trying to sell me something that's a clunker. This is a leading indicator of inflation. I still can't believe it was like, what, two months ago 
where the September numbers weren't that bad for inflation. And I kept hearing different people in the news and in media saying, yeah, because used car prices have started to come back down. That was such BS. We've been tracking this week over week. Used car prices, wholesale and retail continue to skyrocket. And and if I'm not mistaken, this is the 11th week in a row of of increases. And this is the time of year when the wholesale values typically decline. Historically, they have declined the last six, eight, ten weeks of the year. Um, and this is unprecedented that at this time of year, we would still continue to see rising wholesale and retail used car prices. Um, and that just speaks to the to the continued shortages. Um, and I'm sure Igor can speak to it and others as well, that the quality of the vehicles that are being offered um, keeps going down because there's only so many vehicles out there. Um, you know, dealers will, will, will put just about any amount of money in any pre-owned car just to get their hands on a pre-owned car, whether it's to try and retail it on their lot or to try and make some money on it when they take it to the auction. I'm going to read directly from the Black Book report, and then we got to touch on something else here, Pops. Volume in the lanes, that means that that actually ran across the lanes at the auction, appears to be slightly up this week as dealers, fleet companies, and manufacturers work to clear out vehicles at increased prices before end of year. More buyers are headed to the lanes to stock up for winter sales events and start preparing for the spring market. With new inventory essentially being pre-sold due to build-to-order sales strategies, newer used inventory continues to be a hot commodity, invoking consistently stiff competition among franchise dealers, independent dealers, and rental companies. The weekly average sales rate has been fairly consistent over the last few weeks, but it's starting to drop because sellers have continued to raise floors. This is important. Even on damaged or lower quality vehicles, and buyers have some hesitation since demand is unknown and parts for repairs are largely unavailable. That's what I also wanted to hit on there at the end. Parts. That's not just affecting you know, uh, buying cars. The parts to actually repair a vehicle are harder and harder to find, and the delays there to get them uh, are, are through the roof. To reiterate to our channel and to our, our, our community here, a fair car deal right now is like a one that and if it's a used one that passes a pre-purchase inspection and doesn't have a, a crap ton of fees on it like sign me up for that uh, and it, and if when this bubble bursts which it, it's it got it has to eventually like that'll change again it'll get you'll get back to okay we haggle we negotiate but yes. holy cow right now you can't even find a car to buy let alone one that's not been broken that's passing the auction or the parts needed to repair it yeah, the the really uh, pristine cream puff pre-owned cars are harder and harder to come by, and and most of those um, typically would be uh, lease returns. You know, where people are only allowed to put thirty to thirty-six thousand miles a year, or either a ten ten thousand mile a year lease or a twelve thousand mile a year lease, and those cars are typically well maintained. Um, and uh, in good shape when they come back. And so those are low mileage used cars that dealers can't get their hands on uh, because the lease lease customers are buying their leases at the end because they're buying them for 25 to 35% below the current market value of the vehicles. So um, to find that cream puff is just becoming harder and harder. Um, And the only things that are available 
or vehicles that are damaged, vehicles that have issues. Um, it's it's an absolute nightmare. It's it's something that I've never lived through. Uh, and thank God I am out of the retail automobile business. I wouldn't want to have to be running a dealership under these circumstances. I understand that because of some of these shortages, dealerships are much more profitable than they've ever been. But the amount of headaches associated with that profitability is, uh, well, probably staggering. Absolutely. Absolutely. Igor in the chat saying, I have cars at my body shops waiting for body parts for almost a month so my guys can start to work on them. That's the new normal. That's exactly the new normal. And, and, and you could check with Igor and he would tell you that the average time from when you trade a car to you've, you've reconditioned it um, uh, is you want to get that out on the lot within 72 hours. That's the benchmark. And, you know, and, and with aging policies for used cars of anywhere from 60 to 90 days, it becomes imperative that you don't lose any time in the beginning. Well, if you have cars sitting at a body shop for 30 days, um, you've already a third into your 90-day turn policy, and you still don't have a car that's lot ready. It is, it's, it's insane. It's we absolutely the insane. We had the... We had the Tesla recall uh, news the other day. Justice saying my recall, my suspension can't be scheduled until January due to part shortage. So it's, yeah, again, everyone knows. Let's let's hit on some good news. A little bit of good news here. Okay. okay? We had been talking about on the channel recently, there was a gentleman named Robert. He has his Cadillac XT5. He was the gentleman who wanted to buy out his lease Okay, at the residual value, but the dealership added $3,000 in stuff. Okay, this is in Florida and obviously through GM. We told Robert, hey, you don't have to buy it from that dealership. Unfortunately, in the state of Florida, you do have to buy it through a dealership. Contact other GM dealers in your area and see if you can find someone. I've got a success story. I've got a, um, a, a happy ending here of sorts. Robert sent a note in to us directly, and it said, um, I saw your video talking about my issues with my XT5 lease return. Thank you so much for your advice. Um, the $1,200 certification fee that the other dealership was charging was for a one-year additional warranty, which is what we had what we had picked up on, Pops. I've contacted another dealership and their fees are a $789 dealer fee and $400 for the tag fee. I'm going to work with that dealership instead. So it went from $3,000 in stuff that you got to buy to about $1,200 yes. in stuff, saving $1,800 just by contacting multiple dealerships. Uh, kudos to you, Robert. Thank you for letting us be a part of this uh, to help you go, you know, go in that direction. And 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 shame on dealers that are not all and and I understand dealerships want to and are entitled to make some money for having facilitated this, but it it is set up in a way that the that the consumer has no choice other than to go through the dealership, and that doesn't mean just because the consumer has no choice that you get to add on bogus fees and charges so that you can make additional money. There's nothing that says you can't sell him that vehicle at the residual value, charge him a reasonable dock fee. Um, it, you know, if you charge him $500 just to process paperwork and charge him whatever the plate fees are, 
you've made $500 that you shouldn't have had. It doesn't have to be $3,000. It's $500 in found money, and you've kept your customer happy, which might mean he will continue to be your customer again in the future. But I can assure you the originating dealer that wanted $3,000 in stuff won't be his dealer of choice the next time around. It's, it's I keep saying it, it's common sense, but unfortunately, common sense ain't all that common. Yep. Nope. Trust me, Pops. Hey, quick question for you. Could could Robert have gone to a different state? Could he got, have gone to Georgia and tried to buy the car there and then get it registered in Florida? I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps, you know, you, you, that would be something you'd have to look into. But it it is really unfortunate that in Florida you're mandated, if you're buying out a lease, to have to go through a licensed dealership in order to do it. And because of the situation with shortages, that uh, brands are mandating that you have to do it through one of your brand branded dealerships. And that's you know, it's 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 just a recipe um, to take advantage of a consumer. And at some point, states need to look at ways, I don't know, to help consumers to mitigate these type of situations where we're causing people to spend way more than they need to or should have to. And they don't even of, realize they have other options. Like if you don't have someone to tell you, you can shop this at other dealers, you spend yes. 3000 Pops, yes. real quick, real quick, want to hit on it here. Igor put in the chat, I can't even get people into rentals because insurance companies aren't approving for their cars to sit around that long at body shops without any work being done while waiting on parts. And Justice chimes in and says, how many times have we seen this on the general channel back on the community forum? Join yaa.com slash community. People buy cars and now they sit waiting to have repairs done and they haven't driven it yet. This ties entirely back to, remember that other story, the gentleman who signed the uh, uh, discount refund yes. agreement, who then his Toyota 4Runner um, was was having issues and he wanted to get out of it. And he couldn't wait for part. Oh man, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's, it's an ugly time to be buying a car. I want to wrap with one final note here, Pops, which was as consumers, we should be empowered to make smart decisions. Public auto retailers, Q3 per vehicle F&I profit grows. We know, we get it. More and more times, uh, dealerships are saying, you have to buy this product to buy the vehicle. We have a video with Miss Kimberly Klein very recently that we did back on the YAA channel. You don't have to buy those extra products with a vehicle. All of these different uh, public retailers are making more and more money in F&I. AutoNation's average F&I gross was up to $2,500. Sonic, $2,100. Group One, nearly $2,300. Everyone's making nearly $2,000 in F&I profit on every vehicle. Get an extended warranty quote for... Okay, A, don't even buy an extended warranty or the gap insurance or the tire in the wheel. Although gap insurance you probably want right about now. But anyway, yes. you don't necessarily need to buy these things. Research them, be informed. If you are going to buy them, negotiate the hell out of these prices. Like get the extended warranty quote from us and use that as negotiating leverage with the dealer on the tire and the wheel and stuff like that. If you want to buy it, contact multiple dealerships. They are making more money than ever before on these things. And it's imperative that as consumers, you recognize. I didn't know this before I started doing these videos two years ago with my dad. You can negotiate that stuff. So negotiate it or just don't buy it. 
it's really frustrating to me that you, yeah, if it's taxable, it's negotiable. Sorry, I'm getting. Igor said you're on fire, and I got a little toasty over here. So <laughs> sorry. No, it's you know that just knowledge is as we like to say, knowledge is power. As I like to correct that, it's applied knowledge is power. If you have the knowledge but you don't apply it, it's not power. But if you apply the knowledge that we're sharing with you, that these things are negotiable, that the markups on these things is astronomical, um, then yes, you can negotiate that stuff, but most people aren't aware of that. Most people just accept it as a matter of fact that this is what it is and how much it costs, and it isn't. You, you, everything in life is negotiable. Trust me. <laughs> I wonder, I wish mom was still around to kind of comment back at that. Um, so here's the deal, Bobs. Yeah. We have final note. We've got a YAA presence that'll be at the LA Auto Show coming up next week. Super excited about that. So let us know in the chat or comment back on the community or on this video. Let us know. We've got some 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 team members that are going to be there. Justice, potentially space as well. And Pop's got my gear spinning. We should go to an auto show and we should be doing a live stream from one of these big auto shows. You and me, we should interview some people. Um, so let us know how you think about that and what you want to see from the LA Auto Show. And we'll do the best we can to get some some materials mm. from that. You know, maybe, maybe you, uh, it's a shame we're not going to be in Vegas during SEMA. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Isn't that happening like right now or didn't that happen recently? I don't know. It used to be in, in like January, but whatever. Who knows? You know, um, take me take me somewhere to an auto show. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, Pops. I appreciate your time as always. feel like we covered our bases here today. Thank you for everyone for coming over to the Ray and Zach channel. Thank you to everyone that listens to the podcast afterwards. Leave us those reviews. We really appreciate them. Any uh, any final thoughts from you, Pops? Uh, no, just looking forward to, uh, what do you say, doing this again uh, tomorrow. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Now, well, now I... you say, yeah, buddy, again. I didn't hear it the first time. Yep. Anyway. All right. I love you, Pops. <laughs> I love you too. I'll see you later. See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. <laughs>